You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. In today's message, Pastor Josh continues our 10-week series on the Ten Commandments and preaches today on the Fifth Commandment, to honor your father and mother. As we listen, let's ask God to work and to open our hearts to what He would say to us today. Well, good morning, church. How are we? Let's go ahead and have the invitation to go home because that was awesome. Uh, As we get started, and hopefully you have your Bible, if you would open to Exodus chapter 20, that's where you're going to find the Ten Commandments. We're going to be in verse 12 this morning, where you're going to find the fifth of the Ten Commandments. Uh, And as you are finding your way there, uh, I just want to again echo a thank you to all who took part in Together Weekend. It was absolutely amazing. No doubt uh, there was a lot of planning going into this, uh, a lot of prayer going into this. And, and I say this often, and I want to say it again, and I want you to be able to visualize what I'm saying. Thank you for giving that we can be a church to host an event like this and that we have the facilities to, to, to facilitate all the things that went on. And so I give God all the glory, honor, and praise for all that happened, but I thank you for your faithfulness in not only giving, but praying and serving as well. So thank you uh, for, for being a part of Together Weekend. Students, thank you for being Together Weekend. Thank you for, for setting aside one weekend out of your year to devote yourself uh, not even more than you do to God's Word, to prayer, to community, to fellowship, to good food. Two extracurricular activities that some of you should not be doing, like rolling my house. Thanks for that. Good news, we just installed license plate readers in our neighborhood. Good news, our house is the first one by the gate when you come in. We'll be giving you a call here shortly to help come clean up. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a really good time. Thank you. It truly was an awesome, awesome weekend. Uh, that being said, um, thank you on a more, much more serious note. Thank you for praying for me and thank you for praying for my family. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I'm honored to be pastor here at Broadmoor, but this week um, I did not feel like a pastor as a job or a title. I felt like a member of a church who loves their own well. Um, when Pastor Sean, and I'll get to him in just a minute, but when Pastor Sean stood up here and told you guys that my mom was found unresponsive last Saturday night, um, immediately, immediately text came through. Maybe a hundred texts came through just in that moment. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for checking on me the entire week. Thank you for feeding our family. Thank you for praying for our family. I, I can't All I have is thank you. It's not sufficient, but it is what I have this morning. But I do want to give you an update on my mom. Uh, My mom is is alive. We praise God for that. Uh, She is stable. Yes, we give a huge hand clap of praise. Um, my, my mom, um, they, they were able to revive her to, to help her become medically stable. Uh, somewhere along the way, she had a stroke. Uh, and in, in that, um, she now has all the things that led up to uh, her becoming unresponsive Saturday night. Uh, and then on top of that was the, the, the fallout from the stroke. And so uh, we have gone from Picayune to Hattiesburg and now back to Picayune uh, to a stroke rehab facility, uh, which this is day two of maybe three weeks, maybe a month. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and so if you could imagine... Um, how, how potentially you would feel uh, of, of spending a week in a hospital and thinking that you were going to go home at some point, then realizing you were going to have a stroke, and now you're at uh, a, a rehab uh, hospital for a stroke uh, and knowing that you're not going to be home for some time. She's pretty upset about life. 
And I said, Mama, you alive. She said, but sometimes I wish I wasn't. Uh, and so I, I hear that. Uh, and so we, we want to pray for my mama. Her name is Sandra. Uh, thank you for praying for her. Pray for my dad, whose name is Willie. Uh, and certainly pray for my sisters, Jana and Paige, because truly they are on the front lines of caring for my mom. And, and I know many of you have walked that journey uh, or are walking that journey. And, and you know, uh, you feel the words that I'm saying. Uh, all that to say, uh, our text for today, the, the command for today is honor your father and mother. I don't know if I'm excited to preach this text or I want to go put my head in the sand when I approach it. And we're going to find out as we navigate towards the end of this together. But as we get started in that, I want to thank my brother, Sean Selman. Sean, where are you? You're here. I know you're here somewhere. Point to him. Where is he? Point him out. Point, point, point. There he is. Can we give Sean a hand clap of appreciation? My brother. Sean, as you can imagine, and you know why, is, is, is my go-to, my ride or die when it comes to anything, it comes to the Word of God. And so when, when my wife woke me up last Saturday night to tell me about my mom, it wasn't 45 seconds that I was on the phone with Sean saying, buddy, I need you to step up. I need, I need you to preach. And he said, well, what should I preach? I was like, dude, preach whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, I've got to go. Please, you don't feel like you have to be tied to the Ten Commandments. I know you didn't study this week for that. Uh, he said, all right, let me think about it. And then he said, nope, I got it. I'm preaching, I'm preaching the, the fourth commandment. Uh, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And I said, great, fantastic. And I didn't think about it one more step. And then I went to Picayune, came back to Madison in the middle of the night, went to sleep, woke up just in time to hear Sean preach and was absolutely blown away as you were. And so I cannot thank you enough for stepping up and, and watching, truly watching a miracle as if God opened your mouth and he spoke. Um, thank you for being faithful in that. Uh, and so, so with that, Sean did lead you through that, that fourth commandment. Uh, by God's uh, inspiration and sovereign grace. Sean ended the same way, and, and he has a story to tell with this, and I won't tell all of it, I'll let him to tell, and if you listen to the podcast, you've heard it. He ended the same exact way that I was planning to end the sermon. I'd already sent in my notes to the team. I'd already sent in uh, the text that we were going to use. And so when Sean walks into the booth on Sunday morning to, to walk through the scriptures that we're going to use, they said, well, are you going to, you want to end the same way Josh was? He goes, what are you talking about? Well, you know, Matthew chapter 11, uh, it's already in. And he was like, that, that's exactly where I'm going to land. That's where we're going to land. And so God in his infinite grace, truly, we did not speak longer than 30 seconds, not about the text at all. God used him with four hours of study in the middle of the night to come up with the exact landing place that would truly be a launching point for the other commands that we are going to continue to talk about. So as we understand the command that Sean led us to is Matthew 11. So if you have your copy of God's Word, I know you just went to Exodus 20, but I want you just to, to hold your place, put your ribbon right there in Exodus 20, and I want you to go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. This is, this is where we ended last week. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you, what's the word? Rest, right? Now, the word rest, of course, is written in Greek because we are in the New Testament, no doubt, in Matthew 11. Uh, but the Hebrew equivalent of this word rest is Shabbat. 
remember the Sabbath day, remember the Shabbat, and to keep it holy. Jesus says, all you who are weary, all you who labor or heavy laden, come to me and I will give you Shabbat. I will give you rest. Jesus, in essence, is saying, come to me and I will give you the rest that your soul desperately needs. Now, remember what Pastor Sean pointed out last week. The invitation to come and rest isn't just rest from work, although that is true. But it's not just that. It's not just, oh, I'm so tired, I can't go on anymore, that I need to come to Jesus and now get rest. It's rest from work, but it's also rest to be able to go and do work. So, so we, we get the opportunity to serve in the, the kingdom of God, and as we serve, it's an exhausting task. But in the exhaustion, we come to Jesus and we find rest for our souls, but we also find that we are going to be filled in such a way that we are now energized to go back out and accomplish the task that stands before us. So Jesus gives us a beautiful illustration of this rest, of this Shabbat. And so we look just a little bit further, knowing that in the Ten Commandments, the reason that they get them is because the Lord gave them a mandate on their life. That all believers at all times and all seasons should be two things. Number one, they should be a kingdom of priests. They're God's representation to the world. And number two, that they should be a holy nation, a nation that is set apart and different than anyone and everyone else. So God's representation, different than everyone else. To do that, we're going to have to see these 10 things as a guideline, helping us to stay focused along the way. It is going to be a hard task, but therein lies Honor the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are labor and weary, come to me and I will give you that rest. Well, here's the illustration to that. Matthew chapter 11, verses 29 and 30. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. And my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, for the 21st century Christians, this would be a no-brainer. As soon as Jesus says it, they they will have this in their mind and say, "This, this makes complete sense. But we may need a little extra explanation this morning, right? So on the screens to my side, you're going to see a picture of a yoke. Notice it is not what is in the center of a chicken egg. That is a yoke. That is a yoke that is to be on an oxen. Now you will see it on an ox. Maybe. There it is. So here's the picture, right? This idea that that ox is supposed to go to work, that it has a task to do. It's going to go out in the field. Usually it is going to pull something or move something. It is going to be heavy. It's going to be hard. And so they put this thing around its neck called a yoke, and it's going to be tied to whatever that thing is, and it's going to be told to go from here to wherever the master tells it to go. So in that, that ox, if it is strong enough, can make the journey from here to where the master tells it to. But maybe that ox is young. Maybe that ox is old. Maybe that ox is tired. Maybe that ox is sick. And if it's a single yoke, then it can get tired, and all it has is its own strength. And as soon as it gets tired, guess what the ox does? Stops. The work is over. It can't go on because the ox has reached the end of its ability. Well, now you're going to see on the screen a picture of a double yoke. There it is. And in this picture, the next one, you're going to see two oxen in the double yoke. 
Here is the idea that Jesus is illustrating that they would get, because agriculture, that we need a little bit of explanation, but hopefully this is going to make you relax in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, you take my yoke upon you. He says, I am already carrying, I am already shouldering the work, and I am inviting you into rest. The rest isn't to sit on the side and do nothing. That's not what he's inviting us into. He's inviting us into the other yoke. Where in this picture, normally, you're going to have a more experienced ox, and you're going to have one who is younger or doesn't quite get it just yet, and they're going to come alongside the one who is experienced. And as the older one continues to move forward, as the more experienced and stronger one continues to go, the younger one feels not much of the weight, but they do the work at the same time. The picture that Jesus is illustrating here, if you are exhausted in doing this life on your own, then come and join me. You come and you put my yoke on you, for my burden is light. And I will give you rest for your weary soul. Now, Jesus gives this illustration of a life-giving rest, and, and this is what it looks like. He says, look, put, put it on you. And this understanding, this understanding of incredible grace extended to us is paramount as we move from the vertical commands, the first four, that is us and God, to the horizontal commandments, that is us and people, okay? So it's going to be paramount that we understand that illustration because the whole of the Ten Commandments and the entirety of the whole law moves us to two outcomes, and those outcomes are love God and what? Love people. That is the outcome of the law. If we are living it out well, that is what is going to overflow. We're going to love God well, and we're going to love people well. Well, that really long intro brings us to the beginning of our text today. So flip back over to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Let me read that for us this morning. Exodus 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in this land that the Lord your God has given to you. Now this command is much like the first that we've covered. If you just read it and take it at face value, it is going to seem simple and unassuming. But hopefully, as you've come to expect with all of God's word, it is far deeper and wider and longer and higher than we could ever imagine, the depth of God's grace in his word to us. So with that, let's get into it. What does it mean to honor your father and your mother? Naturally, we need to nail down the meaning of the word honor. So let's do a little bit of a word study this morning, okay? So if you are taking notes, you just simply either want to circle the word honor in your scripture or you want to write the word honor out and understand that the Hebrew word, so we are in Exodus, this is Hebrew, the Hebrew word for this is kavad. Kavad. The, it, it's a verb, so, so there's action here, and it means, and it's a strange thing, so, so hear me out, to make heavy or to bring weight to. Okay, so, so when we say, honor your father and mother, what, what the original audience would hear, would hear this understanding of, of bring weight to or to make heavy your, your mom and dad. Now, for us to get this, we need to borrow the scale illustration. So in our picture of the Ten Commandments, as we've been walking through this series, you see it with scales, balance scales behind it. So here, I want you to have this imagery, and I want you to think of it this way, Okay. There are many things that we're going to do, 
have and take part in in our life. People, places, things. You're going to like some of them. You're going to enjoy some of them. They're, they're going to be something you give your time to. But in the grand scheme of things, for the most part, everything is pretty equal. So, so whether that is where you go or, or what you do or, or how you spend your money or, or what kind of house you like all of those things are, are going to be equal in the tension of life. But there should be one thing that, that lives above all of those things that tips the scales. There should be one thing, one people group particularly, that is going to tip the scales, that are going to have more weight than everything and everyone else. The scales of life will, or at least they should, always tip in favor of your father and your mother. As you bring weight to, or you make heavy, as you, as you honor them. Josh, what does that mean? There's some of you here this morning, you're hearing this and you think, of course, of course this is the way. I love my mom and dad. They have been incredible to me. They are great. Why would I not honor them? Why would I not tip the scales in their favor in all of things? Because they are good to me. But there's another group in here. And you are hearing this and you say, what? No way. My parents were the worst. They do not deserve the scales of my life to be tipped in their favor. I am not going to honor them. If we could, just for a moment, let's pause right there. Take, take those thoughts, put a pin in it right there. Let's get a better understanding. And then we will come back and try to address those feelings as we move to our application together. But I want to, to make everyone aware, generally we fall in those two camps. And sometimes the relationship is so enmeshed that we move from one side to the other depending on what day it is. Some days we are happy to tip the scales in their favor, to honor them, to love them. And some days we say, no way, not a chance. I I get that. I I want us just to to be honest. Let's, Let's be honest as we come, okay? So as we look to this command, as we look to the verb honor to to our, our parents, It's probably better for us to approach it this way, okay? Here's how we're going to approach it. Younger us and older us. Okay, so so we have younger us and older us, right? Younger us, we are told to obey our parents. The text here is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, we are told to obey our parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Okay, so so that's younger us. I don't want to qualify what that looks like. I'm not here, students, to tell you that there's an age that you can say, I'm not honoring you anymore. I'm not obeying you anymore. But then there's an older us, okay? And this text comes from Proverbs 23, 22. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. We are told to respect our parents. So as we are younger, we are told to to obey them, and as we get older, we are told to respect them. Now, the why behind these commands is probably the most important thing that you're going to hear today and understand and hopefully get you to the application, okay? Okay. God created the family, 
dad and mom and the kids to be different than every other relationship on the planet. The family has been created to teach us and others what God is like, how he relates to us and how we are to relate to him. That's why God, through his word, makes such a huge deal about family. As you read the scriptures, how many times do you hear about marriage and divorce and the importance of the covenant relationship and not breaking it? That even if there is divorce, and it does happen in scripture and it does happen in life, but it should not be something that we ever jump into flippantly or ever think that it's not going to have lasting generational consequences. Because the picture of the marriage covenant shows us something about who God is, how he relates to us, and how we relate to him. It is to be protected and honored at all cost. The family makeup. Throughout scripture, we see the family makeup and the authority, headship, and humility. Throughout the scriptures, particularly in the New Testament writings, we see how husbands should treat their wife. Wife how you're to treat your husband. Fathers, how you are to treat your children. Children, how you should treat your parents. Why? Because we are called to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We are called, so, so they weren't sitting at Sinai getting the Ten Commandments, being told that you are a kingdom of priests and a holy nation just to sit here in your holy huddle and never go. You see, God has them at Sinai getting them ready. It's going to be 40 years, but getting them ready to go into the land of promise. But they're going to engage people along the way. And in their engaging, they're going to show that God is good. God is faithful. God is just. God is kind. God is slow to anger, and he's abounding in steadfast love. God will show grace and mercy How are they going to show that the most clearly? Through their relationships at home. Through how parents react with their kids. How kids react with their parents. How adults treat their aging parents. How aging parents treat their adult kids. The authenticity of their message, of our message still today, comes from what we do long before it comes from what we say. Let me say that again, just so we're clear. The authenticity of our message comes from what we do long before it comes from what we say. Meaning, we can say something all day long, but if our life does not back that saying up, then that saying is worthless. And so, the very fabric that God created, that God established, and I believe ordained, is the family to proclaim the gospel message to the world. Our message is this, and has been from the creation of time, that we, and by God's grace alone can we do this, but we have surrendered our life to the one true God. He is perfect in all of his ways. He makes no mistakes. His ways aren't our ways, and his thoughts aren't our thoughts. And we won't lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we're going to acknowledge him. And he is going to make straight our paths. Our God is sovereign over all things. So how do we begin to teach that and instill that in the youngest of our generation, in our kids? Children, 
Obey your parents. Now, if you were to continue to read Ephesians 6, and that's the passage I read for you, verses 1 through 3, if you were to continue to read that, the only reason, the only reason the obey command is given is because the command that holds that one in its hand is parents, be good parents. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. And so it's not a blind allegiance to a dictator or someone who is mean and angry or a tyrant. But if home is good, then obedience is a natural overflow. That would be be the picture that is bestowed. Now, don't get it twisted. Our lives are filled in the broken. You you can have the greatest home and still have a disobedient kids. You you can have incredibly obedient children and be terrible parents. I'm not saying it's a one-to-one correlation today. I'm just telling you the picture that God has put before us. We need to understand this rightly, understanding that our families matter incredibly. Parents, we are called to be good and faithful. Hopefully in that, our kids will have a delight as they obey. If you're not a good and faithful parent, then the Bible says that we provoke our kids to anger. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe that one's an easier one. Let's get to the older us with the time we have left. As we get older, we're no longer called to obey. I do think you should be kind to your parents, but I don't think as you get older, you are your own authority in the sense that your parents no longer get to tell you what to do and not to do. But you are called to respect them. And in this respect that we see, Proverbs 23, 22, listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise what uh, your mother when she gets old, okay? So as we get older, no doubt, you are going to, to begin to see the many flaws that our, your parents have. Right? Do, do you remember? I, I can remember the day, but probably because my parents are watching right now, I won't. Divulge that day. (laughs) But I remember the day that my parents went from being Superman and Superwoman to not being that because of something that I saw and experienced. I know across this room, if you've not had that happen yet, it's coming. And so, as we get older, here's what we're going to know, kids, and I use kids all ages. Your parents are flawed, but guess what? So are you. For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. I know we grow up and we think that, you know, my dad's bigger than your dad. My dad can beat your dad up. But then there comes a day and you think, "Mm, maybe you can't. We are called to respect our parents as we get older. And in this verse, we see an instruction, the verse of, of Proverbs 23. We, we see instruction for two things. We're, we're to listen, giving thanks for the life that they've given us. So we, so we listen to them and we give thanks for them. And we're not to despise them when they get older. Their, their flaws are in full view of this text. There's no qualifier before or after that says, only if they're good and faithful should you do these things. No. You remember that message that we are supposed to proclaim? That we have surrendered our life to the one true God. That he is perfect in all of his ways. That he makes no mistakes. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. 
You will not lean, we will not lean on, on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him as Lord, for our God is the sovereign God. This is how we show that we believe that that's true. When we honor our father and mother all the days of their life and all the days of ours. But pastor, you don't know my parents. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they are still doing to me. You are so right. I don't know them. I have no clue who they are, but I promise you there is someone that does know them, and he saw fit to give them to you. Do you believe that God makes mistakes? I hope the answer is no. In that answer, generally that's a blanket answer. Well, of course, God doesn't make mistakes. Okay? Do you believe that God's ways are higher than our ways? Do you believe his thoughts are higher than our thoughts? Do you agree with Scripture when it says, don't lean on your own understanding, but instead in all your ways acknowledge him as Lord and he will make straight your paths? Do you believe that? The parents that God gave you are not parents that just happen to be there. They are God's sovereign grace to you, no matter the experience you've had with them. You say, Josh, no, no, you don't know what they did. I still have scars to prove it. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying that sin isn't sin. What I am telling you is consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, for God is doing something in the scars. And so if we find ourselves here today and our hearts are broken for our parents or the life that we've experienced and we hear this text and we say, can I just go and love somebody that I don't know? Can I just show kindness to somebody who's on the side of the road? Why is the first commandment to love the people around me dealing with them? Because as God changes your heart and he begins to breathe forgiveness into you, those are the very first people who are going to need it. They're going to be the very first people that are going to need to receive the grace that God has extended to you, that you extend to them. As we get older, we are not called to obey them anymore, but we are called to respect them, to look to them and say, God, thank you for the things that they have trusted to me, taught me, and instilled in me. Jesus knows who your parents are. He knows you. He knows the pain and the trauma in, in your life and in your heart and in your mind today. You say, Josh, this is too much. To honor them, my dad, my mom, it's too much. This ask is too hard. Let me, let me give you the invitation one more time. Remember, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. So, so he didn't come to do away with the Ten Commandments. He came to fulfill them. So outside of the Ten Commandments, there's 613 other laws. Jesus didn't come to abolish them. He came to fulfill them, meaning that he is the fulfillment of all these commands. He can do what we can't. All right? So go back to the invitation of Matthew chapter 11. As we move to our response time this morning, don't, don't pack up. Don't miss this. Listen to the invitation of Jesus, the fulfillment of this command and the entire law. Come to me, 
all who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke, take, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Too often, church, the invitation of the double yoke is there, but we choose to, to stay in the single yoke. We choose to say to the Lord, no, I got it. It's on, it's on me. I got it. But I promise you, if you link up by yourself, it's too hard. Not just this command, but every command of the law. It's too hard. It's impossible. So take his yoke. He's stronger. He's able. And he will do it. All we do as we come to get into that double yoke is we, we bow our head and we surrender the hurt and we surrender the pain. Because here's the deal. When you're yoked up with him, he's the boss. He decides where you go and where you don't. He tells you when to go and when to stop, how long to stay and how long to travel. You may find you desiring not to go this way, and you say, I will go anywhere but that way, and you dig your heels into the mud, but he keeps moving. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to keep moving. But what you're going to find is that he is a good God. He is faithful. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That he loves you and knows you and has a plan for you. And that all we do, we come to him and we surrender it. We consider it pure joy. Knowing that when we walk through the hard seasons, when we face the trials of every kind, that God is doing something in us. That our faith is being built and restored. He is faithful, church. Surely he will do it. But we're almost done as we, we move to the very last part of this command. Let's look at the promise. It says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. This is the only command out of the ten that gives you this kind of promise. And it sounds pretty amazing. It sounds like if you honor your father and mother, then God promises that he will give you a long and successful life. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. But it's not a transactional deal, Okay. Here, here's how you should not look at it. Don't, don't look around and see people who have lived a long life and been successful along the way and automatically assume and say, I knew it, mama's boy. Oh, I knew it, she was a daddy's girl the whole time. That's how they got successful. That's how they got to live to 90. And on the flip side, you shouldn't look around and see someone who died young or never experienced great success in this life and automatically assume that they must have treated their parents poorly. I bet they never sent cards on Mother's Day and Father's Day. That's why God got them. Can't believe it. This is a promise to and for the people of God as they continue to embark on their mission, to be the kingdom of priests, to be a holy nation. As they were to continue from Sinai to the promised land, their family would be the most important thing for them, the source of instruction, stability, and strength. This promise boiled down as this. If the home is good, you'll have everything you need for the journey and everything you need to accomplish the task. Remember, home, our families, 
are a picture of who God is, how he relates to us, and how we relate to him. So in closing this morning, one last place. We'll do Bible drills here. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. So if you have your Bible, Matthew 28, you you probably know this, Great Commission, but I, I want you to see it through this lens. As we close this morning, I want you to see this. Matthew 28, verse 18 and following. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Home is good. If, if, if our picture here, our home, the way we relate to one another, if it is to help us understand who God is, how he relates to us and how we relate to him, if home is good, we'll have everything we need for the call and the task, okay? So Jesus said, I have all power and authority and it's been given to me. Home is good. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the very end of the age. If home is good, then we can trust the one and do the work that he sent us to do. You see, honoring our father and mother is the first of the horizontal commands for a reason. The rest of these commands will flow from the trust that we have in this. If you can honor, if you can tip the scales and put weight where God tells you it needs to be without, listen to me, clarification on, but God, this happened. If we can be obedient to God, because we know God is good, then when we get to these other commands, we're going to find that our heart is in a much better place to love people well. You see, inside, if our hearts are are dark and decaying, we may say kind things to people around us, but it's only a short time before those words fade away. What we do when nobody else is around What we do when our back's against the wall proves who we are. And so with that, honor your father and mother. Mother is the first of the horizontal commands. So this morning, you've heard the command. What will you do? I beg you with all that I am, come to Jesus. Surrender to him. Take his yoke on you. The mission is difficult. But the reward is beautiful. So church, let's continue to surrender to him today. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you for today. We thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the gift of corporate worship. An opportunity to laugh, to cry, to enjoy one another's presence. I ask, Father, Across this room, no matter which of those two camps we find ourselves this morning, one camp being that it is an absolute joy to honor our mother and father, or that was the furthest thing from our mind this morning. Matter of fact, when we even think about it, there's a lot of pain and hurt that bubbles to the surface that we didn't, we didn't expect to deal with today. Help us hear it, not just in our ears, but in our souls. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus today, church, and find the Shabbat from the work that has happened, from the life that you've experienced, and for the work and life that's to come. He is good and faithful. He will surely do it. Jesus, we love you, and it's in your name that we pray, and we now stand and respond. Church, would you stand with me?